This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life. Okay, so we are back for another exciting episode and to really hit the mark today, as we say with Health and Hope, I get to introduce you to a pretty new friend of mine, and I'm honored to have him as a friend. I've, I've watched him, got to know him, uh, watched him for years and got to know him now. PGA Tour professional for two decades, Bo Van Pelt. So, Bo, welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you doing this. Hey, thanks, Doc. I appreciate you having me on. So, you know, go back and for people that are not familiar with you, you're a, you know, kind of a, a, a native guy here to my home state of Oklahoma. Talk about your college career, where that was, and then kind of your highlights there. And then the PGA Tour, 20 years. Talk about some of that. Yeah, so um, I, I grew up in a little town in Indiana and was lucky enough to, to have an opportunity to play at Oklahoma State University, which it was a dream of mine uh, to come true, you know, kind of iconic program. We were, we were ranked number one pretty much the whole time I was there. And so it was, uh, it was definitely amazing to, to be part of that program. And, you know, it was tough when I first got there, I was definitely the, the low man on the, on the roster. And so I kind of had to work my way up, but um, had some success and uh, graduated there in, in 1998, uh, met my wife there. She's, she's a Tulsa native. And so we got married pretty much right out of school. And, and I've been in Tulsa now longer than I've lived anywhere. I've been here 21 years. Um, and, and Tulsa's really embraced us and been great for our family. Uh, I was fortunate enough, you know, right out of college, I go, go through the qualifying school and get my PGA tour card. Uh, but my game wasn't ready. You know, it was, uh, it didn't take me long to realize that I was, uh, I had some work to do. So definitely had some struggles those first couple of years. I kind of bounced back and forth between the PJ Tour and what's now known as the Corn Ferry Tour, kind of the triple-A, the I guess, of uh, the analogy to baseball. So I did that for three or four years and, and kind of started in 2003, uh, kind of was a steady performer on the PJ Tour and, and had, some, had some good years, uh, I guess some highlights. It took me a few years, but uh, finally won a tournament on the, on the PJ Tour in 2009. Um, won some tournaments around the world and Australia and Malaysia. Uh, you know, I think kind of my peak was, uh, I got to the top 20 in the world for a couple of years. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was very fortunate, man, for a kid from a small town, like in Indiana, I mean, to get on the PGA tour one year, man, I felt like the luckiest guy in the world. So, <laughs> so to have the side of the career that I've had up to this point, um, definitely, definitely feel lucky. Well, looking back on it, small town boy, Indiana gets to go to the iconic Oklahoma State Cowboy program and you show up there. You're obviously talented in high school and you get there and you see now everybody there was talented in high school. Was that a culture shock for you? It was tough. You know, I think, you know, being 800 miles away from home, not having that support. Um, new weather, new type of grass, trying to get used to everything. You know, the the intimidation of. Uh, being around guys that you looked up to that you read about, you know, and you think that self doubt, like, am I, am I, am I as good as these guys? Yeah. And it took me a couple of years to work through that. And uh, uh, it was definitely a challenge, um, you know, for any of your listeners that are, that have kids that are going to college and stuff like that. I mean, just, just know that that's a, that's a good possibility that your kids are going to be going through something like that. Just kind of love on them, support them. I had um, my parents had just had been recently divorced when I when I got to college, like my senior high school. But they were great. They were I don't know if I would have handled it as well because I had some ups and downs in college and they just 
you know, kind of loved on me and supported me and uh, were there through that. And, you know, I kind of got the ship righted uh, towards the end and started doing better in school. And my golf got better kind of the last two years. Well, when you talk about self-doubt, I think that's a key element that, that people can have in any walk of life. Um, two questions along those lines. Number one, did it ever occur to you to quit? And number two, obviously you didn't. And number two, how did you fight through the self-doubt? What are some a couple of keys that really got you through? Well, actually, funny story. We, we won't have time to get all the way into it, but I actually did quit at one time in college. I never thought I was going to play golf again. I kind of got burnt out. Um, you know, so I stepped away from the game for a couple months and came back. But, um, you know, when I came back, I knew that I loved the game and I knew that they, this is what I want to do. So it was, it kind of reignited my passion. So then it was a lot easier for me, um, to, to kind of reignite the work ethic that had gotten me there in the first place. And I think, uh, the biggest thing is I think falling in love with the work, falling in love. And that was what I loved as a kid. Like I, my my dad used to take my clubs away from me because I practiced so much um, and told me to just go be a kid for the day. You know, and nobody ever had to tell me to go practice. Like I did plenty of that. So um, I think that was the thing that it, it builds my confidence. The the harder I work, the more I feel prepared. Then when it's time on Thursday, when they, they hand you that scorecard, I get more relaxed because I know I know I'm in the right spot. I, I know I'm prepared to, to go do do what I do. Now, when you were in college and you talk about working through self-doubt, and you mentioned a few moments ago that when you got on the PGA Tour, my game wasn't ready. Did that same self-doubt or anything similar creep back in there again and think, oh, boy, I, I, where am I at now? What am I doing? Did that revisit you at all? Oh, 100%. You know, I think – and it was just the realization that it was one step to get on the PGA Tour, but then the work started, right? Like, now it's – Hey, look, there's 125 guys in the world that get to do this. And so you just had to step up your game. Like you had to realize I might be good enough to get here, but this is, I got to go to another level to be able to stay. Mm -hmm. And then if I want to be a winner, that's another level. Then if you want to be top 50 in the world, that's another level. And so I think it's, you know, part of it's having those honest conversations with yourself and saying, you know, this is the level. And and I came on tour right around, you know, Tiger and I grew up, you know, six months apart Mm -hmm. and, he raised the level of everybody. You know, yeah. when I first got on tour, there weren't five guys working out in the gym. Well, now you can't find five guys that don't work out. And so I think he's just – he just has increased the level of what it means to be a professional golfer mm-hmm. and the work that you put in and the and the team that you surround yourself that goes into playing. So, And I think definitely the self-doubt still comes in. And I think mm-hmm. it's uh, – but it's just the work through that that I think for me creates the confidence to – and then once you have some success, then that helps you become a little bit more confident because you know you've done it. Well, you know, obviously I think you mentioned something key that I'm passionate about as we know each other and the concept of health and fitness and wellness and all that. Um, and we've talked about those things many times, you and I. Uh, how important is that really at this point? You mentioned Tiger probably brought it into the game, but now – how important is that? Because you've been at this for quite some time. I mean, is that a critical piece that people should mix in all the time now and keep pushing that level? Absolutely. You know, I think that I was telling somebody today, I mean, the difference between having a great year and what I do and losing your job is about half a shot around. Like, wow. so that's, I mean, that's kind of where, you know, maybe a shot around, half a shot around. 
And so you're looking for every, you know, you don't want to leave any stone unturned for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. Right. So is it, you know, am I working on my flexibility? Am I eating right? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I, you know, taking uh, my proper recovery? Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff goes into it, right? especially here I am at 45, you're planning against guys that are 22, 23, right? So yeah. you're 22, 23, and those guys are, are doing all that stuff. Um, you better be doing it as you, as you start to get older and you just the wear and tear of, of playing that long, um, especially just life on the road and, and playing. Like I thought I'd played a lot of golf and until I turned pro. And then I was like, man, that's a lot of golf, you know, because yeah. in college you'd have a tournament. Well, then you'd have 10 days to two weeks off to prep, you know, and they were only two rounds. They were only two days. So it's like, you had all this time to work on your game, get ready. So focused. It will, you know, we're practicing Tuesday, pro-am Wednesday. Then you got to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then hop on a plane and go do it again. And so you might do that two or three weeks in a row. And so definitely I think if you're not taking care of your body, you're going to see, you're going to see a decline in your game. Well, and you've obviously done a pretty good job in all this. So, you know, you're, you're going along there, you're having success in the PGA tour. You get your first win in 2009 on the tour and you win around the world, you get into the top 20, and you're going along there well, and then you had a bit of a setback, didn't you? Talk about that setback and what that was and kind of what that did to your psyche, et cetera. Yeah, so, I, you know, from from like 03 to 2015, you know, I had, had played pretty well, and I, I get I get into the start of the 2016 season, and I, I end up tearing my labrum uh, pretty bad, like 85% of it. I I grabbed one of my kids' backpacks, the backseat of a truck, and lifted it over, and just kind of a fluky deal. I'd been so lucky. I'd never missed a day playing golf in my life. You know, I've never had any injuries. Um, so I do the full labrum repair. Um, I had to get a bicep tenodesis. They thought I'd be out, you know, year, maybe year and a half, and I just wasn't getting better. You know, the surgery was a success, uh, but when I tried to play golf, it just it hurt a lot have another surgery. They think that's kind of going to do it. And, uh, you know, my hand starts going numb. And I, I really think at this point, like my career is probably over. You know, and that's I, 2016, I just, right? Yeah. Exactly. So that, that got led into probably 2017, close to 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it was about a three and a half year process. Um, I, I didn't play 18 holes for three years. So I was, you know, I, I, I was pretty much, I had kind of resigned myself to the fact that, Hey, look, golf's probably over. Um, at the level that I was ever going to do it and which I was fine. I mean, I, you know, I'd made peace with that. Um, ultimately got diagnosed with thoracic outlet syndrome and uh, a guy named Greg Pearl down in Dallas took out my first rib and, yeah. you know, lo and behold, my shoulder hasn't hurt since and uh, been able to practice uh, free of pain as much as I want to practice. And so here I am, you know, I'm about a year, just over a year kind of back competing and, and uh, and having a blast doing it, you know, I feel like I got a second lease on, you know, the opportunity to travel and try to compete and see my friends that I've grown up playing with. And, um, so very, very lucky to kind of get this second lease on it. Now that you're back in the second lease on it, you're getting back on. And here we are in uh, 2021 at this point and uh, full schedule now. Right. For you. Yeah. Um, you feel good, healthy. What is your goals coming up? What do you want to achieve? What's the Bull Van Pelt dream vision here? 
Well, you know, here I'm, I'm 45 and a half creeping up on 46. So, you know, the champions tours a, a few years away. So I'd love to just be able to continue to compete these next three or four years. Uh, you know, I'd love to sneak in another win. You know, you've mm-hmm. had Stuart Sink and Brian Gay have won in their late forties mm-hmm. here recently. Um, would love to join them in that crew, uh, to do that. And so, just to continue my challenge myself, it's it's fun being around these young guys. Uh, I mean, shoot, I, I've got a daughter that's almost twenty, so there's there's guys I'm competing against that are close to her age. Yeah. Uh, so that makes you feel young when you get back out um, and you see those guys and you're playing with them. And you know, every once in a while, you drive it up there with them, and you think, I start laughing. I said, "Man, I go when I was twenty six, I wouldn't let a forty five year old guy hit it up here with me. I was like, you need to get back in the gym. Like this should not be happening." Have you found that now that you're back um, and being able to practice like you used to with no pain, good movement, good mobility, have you seen your game come back and resemble what it was? I've seen flashes of it. You know, it's uh, what's hurt me since the comeback. I'll play good for, you know, four or five holes and then I'll have a bad hole that'll just set me back too far that, you know, the the competition's too good. You know, you can't, you can't have those doubles and triples on the scorecard, but you know, two weeks ago in Phoenix uh, was my best tournament since I've come back as far as just the quality of how I played for four days. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a great sign because to do it for four days and the quality of shots I hit over those four days, that got me even more excited. You know, it yeah. got me excited that I was like, okay, like you can kind of think that it's there, um, but to do it for four rounds, it was like, okay, it is there. So then that it just kind of re-motivates you to say, to keep working and saying, look, this is not going to be easy. Like this will be the hardest thing I've ever done, you know, to take off almost four years and come back and try to beat guys that, you know, have been practicing that whole four years. Yeah. Um, and so, but it kind of reinvigorated and got me fired up to know that, Hey, it's in there. I just gotta, I just gotta keep working at it. You practice every day. I try to do something every day, you know, mm-hmm. to benefit my golf game, you know, so there might be days where my body, if I'm on the road, say, hey, look, take this day off, but maybe I'll go out and putt for a couple hours or chip. So it's not, or I'll at least go in and work out and stretch or do something that um, I'm trying to do something all the time just to not get stiff and, and at least go hit some balls for an hour or two. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm home, I'll find an indoor place when the weather's bad. So yeah, I'm kind of at that point where I need to keep doing something most days for sure. Well, Bo, as you get into this, um, you know, latter stage of your career, you know, in the PGA, you mentioned something a second ago. The Champions Tour is right around the corner. Um, I'm seeing you kind of light up again. It's like interesting. You 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 seem like you are not at the end. You're at the beginning again in this journey. The beginning of a new comeback, a new a new era, a new time frame. Is is that kind of where you're at and inside of your heart right now? Well, it's, yeah, it's exciting, you know, to say, look, as good as my body feels, like you said, I'm able to practice without any inhibitions. Um, You know, you talk to guys that like, it's fun being the rookie again. I mean, those guys play well, but um, you know, as far as my family situation, you know, we'll, we'll be basically empty nesters when I turn 50. So Mm -hmm. it'll give my wife and I something to go do and, and be around old friends that have kind of moved on to the champions tour. So um, you know, as long as I stay healthy and can compete, it, I'm definitely looking forward to it. You know, hopefully play well these next couple of years on the tour and then lead into to having some fun out there with the guys that are over 50. Well, I got to tell you, you know, when you go back and revisit that three and a half year window where you you just weren't able to do anything. Um, 
and you had this thought, I think you said you had made peace with that. Did you ever think about what else you may do at some point? Because this has been your life. Did, what was your thought at that? What, what were you going to do? What was uh, what was an option for you? You know, it was um, it was fun. It was definitely a blessing in disguise. I got to be around my daughter all the way through high school. I got to coach my boys' sports teams, which, mm-hmm. you know, had I not ever gotten injured, I would never have the opportunity to do. And th- those are memories that we'll, we will all have uh, forever. And so it was a lot of fun. And I wouldn't really trade it for anything. Mm. Um, And so I was so focused on that because I'd been gone so much that um, it was so fun just to kind of pour into that, that I didn't really feel like I was missing much. Um, And I think I was lucky too, that my shoulder never got good enough to where I was like close to coming back and then Mm -hmm. had a setback. So it was like, I had kind of shut that part of my brain off. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, obviously I was too young to just sit around and not do anything. So I was more focused on, all right, while, while the kids are going and it's busy, like, let's just help out. I was fortunate enough to be able to kind of do that and not have to worry about going to get another job, at least at that point. Um, but I don't know what I would have done. I would have definitely tried to work for myself. I think uh, I've been an independent contractor for a long time. It would have been hard to have a boss uh, uh, too much telling me what time I had to be somewhere or whatever, but who knows? I mean, um, my resume is not real strong. It had just a lot of golf on it. So I, yeah. I, not a lot of employers there, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, what have you been doing all these years? Like that's yeah. not a great employment history. <laughs> that's funny. You know, when you got back on the PGA tour to the absence, what was the, the, the reception like? I mean, these people that obviously that you've grown up with and you spent the better part of a decade and a half with or more. And, and, I thought you were gone. Where did you come back? What was that like? And what was some of the reaction, maybe the responses, maybe the comments that you received? Oh, I got a lot of that. It was it was quite comical. It was guys kind of give you the double take, like, I never thought I'd see you again. Like, <laughs> like they a lot of people didn't even know I got hurt. They literally just thought I said, you know what, I'm done. Like, they literally thought I was just like in the middle of a season and said, you know what, I've had enough. I'm just not going to play anymore. Um, so that was kind of funny to get guys' reactions of that. You know, guys that I've been friends with a long time, yeah. but I think that's the thing with the tour. Like when you're when you're in that bubble, and guys are injured and outside of it, like you're so focused on what you're doing. Sometimes, if it's not a guy that you're really close with, you just you don't know what happened. Um, and so it's definitely been fun. It's been fun to meet some young guys, like guys that you know you see their names and get to play with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just meet some of the new blood that's on the on the PJ tour, and it's great to see old friends too. You know, it's uh, um, just laugh and tell stories and kind of reminisce. So looking back, we'll call this a Bo Van Pelt version one PGA and Bo Van Pelt version two PGA. Version one before injury, what was the uh, maybe the highlight of your career, or maybe highlights like? with somebody you played with or, or maybe during a tournament, what are, what are a couple of those special moments? Uh, I mean, definitely winning was, was a big, was a big thrill. I think I had come close several times and not gotten it done. So to finally get over that hump was, was a big, a big moment. Um, I'd say playing in the masters, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was fortunate enough to play four times. Uh, my dad got to caddy for me the first part three contest. Mm-hmm. And then the last three, my kids got to caddy for me. Um, so that was, you know, we've got pictures and stuff like that. So that was definitely a highlight, uh, uh, 
just to share that that moment and some of the stuff like you know with with my dad or with my family going to tournaments you know is uh, and and I had some good memories at Augusta you know I mm-hmm. I, I was tied for the lead with four holes to go when Charles Schwarzel won um, and it just you know made a couple eagles on the back nine so definitely had some highlights there that you know as a kid growing up and watching that tournament to kind of have some of those memories being at kind of an iconic place. You know, the mm-hmm. Masters, uh, you know, probably the biggest golf term in the world. So I would say those and then just getting to, I think some of getting to play with my heroes. Some, you know, I grew up, uh, Freddie Couples was my guy. You mm-hmm. know, he was number one in the world when I was in high school and, mm-hmm. um, in the 05 uh, Open Championship at St. Andrews, you know, birthplace of golf. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to play with him on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, oh. he winds up finishing third. Uh, so we both were playing well and, uh, you know, every hole we went to for 36 holes, they gave him a standing ovation. So, you know, here I am and he's been great to me. Like we've been friends since I was a rookie. So I'm playing with a guy that I really like. I look up to you're at St. Andrews. My dad's in the crowd walking. Um, he ends up finishing third. I ended up making an Eagle on the last hole, drove it on the green about 10 feet, made it. So like, that was one like I live and I like on Friday, my dad and I are standing there and watch Jack Nichols make his last putt for birdie at the open championship. Like when I look back on it, it's so ridiculous. All the things that happened in that one mm-hmm. week that, uh, you know, it's just, it, I don't sit and think about it very often, but like even me talking about it now to you, I kind of remembered a couple things that I'm mm-hmm. like, did that really happen? All that stuff yeah. in one week, you know? So those are, uh, like I said, man, I've been living a dream for a long time. You know, Bo, and you, you mentioned living a dream. I mean, you, you, without a doubt are, um, one of the, the, these world's recognized athletes. I mean, you've won a PGA tour championship. How many people in the world could say that these, these are unique accomplishments. How do you stay, um, grounded, humble, uh, full of humility with all that going on around you, because it would be easy to get off course. Um, I try to, I try to remember one thing my grandpa told me, um, you know, he was a simple guy, worked in a factory for 40 years and then became a farmer. And he just said, you know, the things we have in this world are on rent, you know, who you are, that's forever. Mm. And uh, so, you know, you, you think about that. And like I said, I'm, you know, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination and and I fall short a lot, but it's, Mm -hmm. I try to remember that, you know, and not get too caught up in material things or, um, you know, it's like, you just try to uh, try to leave the place a little better than you found it. You know, just kind of some Mm -hmm. simple principles that my dad taught me and my grandpa taught me that, um, you just try to remember and, and, and do the best you can on a day-to-day basis. When you look at version two coming back and all this, you're 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 here back now. We're in the middle of that uh, next chapter. What's been your highlight of the second chapter here, Bo? Um, you know, I think uh, from a golf standpoint, it's been fun to have my kids be a little older and they've been able to come to a few tournaments. So, you know, they were the my golf was a big part of their life when they were little, but they were so little that I don't know how much they really remembered. Mm-hmm. I think they remember bits and pieces, but you know, now having a daughter in college, I have a son that's a senior in high school and another one that's an eighth grader, like they'll remember this now. Like yeah. I think, you know, the stuff that they come and see and, and watch me compete. So that's fun for me to experience that with them. And and we've been fortunate enough to, you know, to be able to take them nice places and where we have these tournaments and 
Um, so I think as I get older, I'll still cherish that, that we get to do these things mm -hmm. and have those experiences together. And then, again, I think it's one of those, it's kind of like, um, you know, I don't know how it's going to shake out these next couple of years, but it's going to be fun to try, right? Like, it's yeah. going to be fun to say, hey, look, like I get to go give it a shot against these guys and let's see, let's see what I still have in the tank and, and um, uh, and push yourself, you know, and, yeah. And you might be pushing for a different goal than what I was at 25 or 27, but it's still pushing yourself. And um, that's, that's what gets you up and gets you going in the morning. How do you maintain your competitive nature? Uh, Cause you've been in so long. I mean, it, it's got, it's something you've, you've talked about probably since you were a little bitty kid, elementary school. How do you maintain that when I know you've seen other people in your game just fall off? How do you keep it going? To be honest, that's probably been the hardest part um, since coming back. You know, when you when you turn off that valve for almost four years um, and just be kind of become a dad and a husband, mm -hmm. and you're you know you're you're just enjoying being there and, and competing. That's probably been the hardest part to get back in um, and understand like things I took for granted that mentally I just did because I did it every day for that long, mm -hmm. and so. Um, Phoenix was a great thing to get to play well for four days because mm -hmm. you, you start to get that back and um, you, you start to remember kind of, and you realize you're not that far off, but it's just, it needs some fine tuning. And so I think that's, you know, now that my body's been good and it's getting better all the time. Um, that's been the hardest part is being able to, to kind of re to retrain your mind to get to that place because that's the thing with golf. You know, we play for four hours and it's over four days. And I was telling somebody today, uh, you know, we're not concentrating the whole time. Like the ability in golf is I got to concentrate for 40 seconds when I'm over a shot. Well then in between those shots, I got to relax my mind, you know, because I can't wear down my battery all day. Right. So I got to mm -hmm. be able to relax. And then when that next shot comes up, it's boom, I got to refocus again. 40 seconds, turn it off, turn it back on. And so I'd gotten really good at that. You know, I trained it and I've been doing it. And so it's, it's fighting through that. And so I think that's the key. And I think one of the things I try to do for me uh, is my pre-shot routine. I, I worked mm -hmm. with a middle coach, Dick, Dick Coop for a long time. And mm -hmm. he was big on pre-shot routine because he said, look, you need to focus focus the same way on the first tee shot on Thursday as you do on Sunday when you're trying to win a tournament on 18 holes. All those shots count the same. And I think for your listeners, it's it's no more – it's the same principle as having a daily routine, like things that you do, you know, like um, whether it's I get up and I walk, do I get up and I meditate, do I have a bottle of water, do I work out, do I take my vitamins, I take my – and it's can you do that consistently over time mm -hmm. and that becomes part of your routine and then lo and behold, you look back and go, well, man, I, I've been having these great results – but the great results didn't happen over time. It was that consistent effort over time. And so that's, to me, that's part of that competitive spirit and just being consistent in what you're doing. Bo, looking back at your career uh, to this point, um, any regrets at all, what you've done, what you've been through? Um, yeah. I mean, there's always things I think uh, you look back on and think you could have done better. Um, I think the one that probably eats at me a little bit um, if I'm being honest is, uh, you know, I, I had a chance to make the Ryder cup team a couple of times. Like I barely mm -hmm. missed out on it. And, 
I probably knew I was never going to get picked because I've never mm-hmm. made a team on on my own on the points. Um, but that's the one thing in, in in golf that I that I basically hadn't done was make one of those teams. And mm-hmm. and I played well enough for three or four years that I should have made one of those teams, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. And I just needed to finish off a couple tournaments, even if I didn't win. But instead of finishing eighth, finish fourth. Yeah. You know, instead of finishing twelfth, finish seventh. And it was within my grasp two, two or three different times. And um, to not finish that off, um, definitely, I would have loved to, you know, represent the United States of America. And mm-hmm. so that's, and to be part of, to be part of that. So those, that's probably the one that still bugs me a little bit. Well, when you get to that fourth round, you're playing well and, and you, you know, you're, you're maybe sitting at 15th place, you know, and you got nine holes to go, you're not going to win. How do you keep your foot on the gas pedal at that point and, and maintain a rhythm when, you know, the goal is to win? How, how do you keep going with that in that situation? I think, you know, for golf, it's one of those sports where you, you definitely lose more than you win, right? Even if you're Tiger Woods, um, you're going to lose. And so the key is, I think, to make these mini goals. And I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, whether it be, how, you know, your mental focus or, just in the quality of shots that you want to hit, like, you know, and make it not outcome oriented. It's more process oriented. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what keeps you going is if you can hold yourself to a standard in a process, the outcome you just kind of have to live with. And you just say, Hey, look, I I did as uh, I I did my process as good as I could on Mm -hmm. every shot. And then I got to be able to live with the result. And you know, and, and that's the hard part, right? On Sunday or, you know, or on Saturday, you're like, oh, I'm not going to win. But like, and I think uh, in, in day-to-day life's the same thing, right? Like there's, yeah. there's times you have to be able to, I think, focus on a process that you can repeat. And then you have to entrust that the results are going to be good. Or I got to, I'm just, I can live with the results because I know that I did the process right. Bo, there's people out there that are, are looking at you and say, all right, Bo Van Pelt, you've achieved this and that and the other. Um, what words of wisdom do you have out there for two groups of people? First, the young athlete who wants to say, I want to be a professional athlete, whether it be golf, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, whatever. What would you say to them? I'll tell them the same thing my dad told me the day I turned pro. Uh, we were sitting in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and uh, he told me, he said, son, just play like you're broken, hungry, and you'll probably never be either one of them. <laughs> that is really wise. All right. The second person's out here and says, I'm not, I'm not made out to be a professional athlete, but I want to be extraordinary. I want to repeat some of those habits. I want to have that mindset that you have. What advice would you give them? I would say, you know, um, don't be afraid to push yourself. You know, you don't want to look back and say, what if, like, I think that was, for whatever reason, I, I'm thankful for my parents that never put a ceiling on me. Um, mm-hmm. They never, they never said, you know, when I was saying I wanted to play on the PGA Tour when I was a little kid, they said you're never going to do that. Like, we really didn't talk about golf. We didn't talk about sports. Like, you know, when he came to the house, we just I was just a kid. Like, golf was my thing, and um, like, basically, I could have gone to Oklahoma State and basically walk on, or I could have got a full ride and gone to Indiana, and. I knew I wanted to try to play professional. I didn't know if I was good enough, but I said, I want to, I don't want to look back when I'm 45 and say, what if, Mm. like, what if I didn't try? Like, 
I, I could accept the fact that if I went out, I came out of Stillwater and I wasn't good enough, I could go back to Indiana or wherever I was going to go and say, look, I gave it my shot. I just wasn't good enough. Um, so I think for those people, don't get, don't be afraid to not try. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's the thing. You don't want to live with that regret. And then I think, you know, to me, you, you make yourself an outcome goal and you make yourself a process goal. If it's, hey, look, I want to reach this much in sales or I want to lose this much weight, or I want to, you know, be a better friend or a better spouse. It's like, okay, what are you going to do on a day-to-day basis to do that? Mm -hmm. And I think you make those process goals and then just go for it. And and I think the other thing too is the thing that I've learned through golf is there's going to be bad days. There's going to be bad shots. And I think sometimes people get like, oh, I'm not good enough because I had a bad day or I had a bad shot. No. There's going to be bad days. I'm sorry to tell you there are. And you're going to, you know, but it's like, you got to get back up and say, I'm going to be better tomorrow. Like, I just got to do that. And I think that's, if I could tell some people that, I wish I could have told, I wish I had told myself this, you know, 25 years ago, you know, because, you know, it's uh, youth's wasted on the young, I think is what they say. And um, so it's, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a place that I've gotten to as I've gotten older. Mm -hmm. Boy, awesome, awesome words of wisdom. I, I will tell you that when first time we met, you know, I was impressed with your um, tenacity to come back, you know, and, and your excitement to come back and sort of explore the what if potential, you know, what if I can come back? Let me see what I can do. And, and that's been the message of, of this journey, I think, for you. And um, I think it inspires people, Bo. So um, thank you for sharing your story and sharing your life and being so um, uh, welcoming and hospitable and open in your, in your story. Um, As we, you know, kind of run out of time here um, you know, there's people out there that probably need some encouragement. You know, there always is Um, they're hearing this and they say, I get to get some words of wisdom, some pearls of knowledge from Bo Van Pelt. What would those words be Bo? Man, I would just, uh, you know, I think, uh, I, you know, I was funny. I was telling somebody today, I was like, uh, again, it's like an old corny phrase that like I learned, but it was like, you just try to leave it better than you found it. You know, I think that's, that's what you try to do, right? Whether it's um, whatever room you come in or, you know, to, on your, with your kids or your spouse or your job and just say, Hey, look, I want to be somebody that adds to the situation. I don't want to be somebody that takes away. And I think that, that you know that I think it's a it's a small goal, but it's something if we all do it, then I think everything gets a little bit better. Man, I concur. How can people follow you on the PGA Tour? What's the best way? Uh, well, I, I have a Twitter profile, it's just at Bo Van Pelt, um, and so I'll post some stuff on there. And uh, I need to be better about it. I used to be better about it. I need <laughs> to get get back involved a little bit, but I definitely look at it. Um, and then you PJTour.com. You know, you can follow me. You know, I'll. I'll be on live score and playing next week and, and yep. playing a bunch from now through the rest of the year. So mm-hmm. those are probably the best ways. Um, I tell you, let's root for Bo Van Pelt folks. He was so hospitable to come on our podcast and, uh, and at Twitter it's Bo Van Pelt, right? At Bo Van Pelt, correct? Yep. Okay. So we'll make sure to post that in the show notes and, um, and some tournament highlights in the show notes. We might find a little video of you somewhere. I'm sure out there. <laughs> <laughs> So, man, um, keep up the good work and thank you uh, for, again, sharing part of your um, your day with us. We appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. Well, there you go, folks. Bo Van Pelt. Um, 
again, as I always say, take these words of wisdom, listen to this over and over again, and and, and get what you get out of it. Uh, you heard the words today. It was a powerful one. Leave it better than you found it. I think that's the that's the golden message for all of us. Leave everyone, every situation, and the world in general better than you found it. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Love them, and eventually this world will get straightened out one way or another, but it's got to start with you and I. Always go to Sherwood.tv and find out what's coming up, who's coming up next. There's some free stuff there. Why do you want to do that? Because we want to encourage you and keep you uh, in the loop. People need encouragement. They need hope. And it's our pleasure to do that. We'll look forward to seeing you next episode of Healthcare's Missing Link. Bye for now. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.